Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, Freedom Church. How about we give God praise that we're alive today? All right, so glad you are here today, and, and uh, so glad you guys that are online that take part. And if you're online, let me, let me say this too. If you're in driving distance, hey, let me tell you something. This beautiful crowd of people here would love to meet you in person, wouldn't you? Let them know that. Let them know that. So come check us out, 9 or 1030 on Sunday. But other than that, right now, one thing I want to do before I jump into this new series today, I want to share with you, those of you that are brand new here or you've been here for a while, maybe you've been here a year long, or you just haven't gotten involved, or you haven't felt led to, to be a part yet, and you're just kind of sitting there, man, I, Shannon and I would love to meet you this afternoon. We have a newcomer's dessert at 4 p.m. this evening. I'd love for you to sign up for that. Even if you signed up on a QR code before, what I want to ask you to do, before the, our service time is, is, uh, comes to an end, I want to ask you, if you would, take a card out of the seat back there and put on there that you're going to come to the newcomer's dessert, how many of you it is, and, and if you need child care, we want provide that for you. That'll be from 4 o'clock this afternoon to 5 o'clock. Come here to the main auditorium. We'll direct you around, but we'd love to spend that time with you and give you the behind the scenes at things that's going on and be able to spend some time together and share that with you. Uh, We'd appreciate that very much. So today, as I jump into this subject here, I want to ask you a question. How many of you were given a distorted view when you were a child of where babies come from? Raise your hand. A distorted view. You understand what I'm saying? But then you found out where babies come from, like me, and you went, oh my goodness. I could not believe it. Those of you that are history buffs, and you go back and you remember, and some of you might be here old enough to remember, but back in the 1960s, they had what they called the sexual revolution, and what they did, they had a mantra or a slogan that they said, they said, if it feels good, do it. When you think about sexual revolution and you look at the last word revolution, revolution means a sudden change. But when you think about the sudden change since that happened then and 50 plus years later, are we better off or are we worse when it comes to the nature of sex? Would you raise your hand and say we're we're better off? I mean, no. uh -uh. How many of you say we're worse off than where we were? Yes. This series here, Sex Wars, It's not like the war that's going on in Ukraine. It's a visible war. It's a physical war where pain and regret and murder and everything is taking place. This here is an invisible war that's taking place between good and evil. It's between the flesh and the spirit. It's between Christ and culture when it comes to sex. Even Jesus, before he went to the cross and he's praying for his father's will in the Garden of Gethsemane, there as he prayed and he comes back he finds his disciples asleep and he says to them the spirit is willing but the flesh is what what's that word this flesh is weak and when you think about that people are normally dominated by their body and they're dominated by their physical environment in the world for which we live well that being said how can we be victorious in the war that's on sexuality that God created that we will talk about today It has to be through the Holy Spirit overpowering the flesh, the body, the physical. 
Paul told this to the church at Galatia, and he said these words beginning with verse 16. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Paul describes these two forces within us. When you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, but then we have our sinful nature. These sinful desires will stem from our bodies, which result if you are not following the Holy Spirit and you fall to the desires of the flesh in sexual sins. And it's going to be only through the power of the Holy Spirit. It will only be through your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it will only be through the, through the, the understanding of the Bible that we can win this war against this sexual immorality. This message series is to help us to get back to God's incredible re- design for sex. Helping us to be able to understand that in the beginning there was an important realization that there was nothing but purity But God has given us this beautiful thing. It's a life-giving unit. My heart and focus is that you are deprogrammed from what culture may have taught you about when it comes to sexuality and your perspective on that. So whether you're married or whether you're single, whether you're a parent or you're not, these talks are going to give you insights to what it means to be a human person and maintaining sexual purity. We're going to look at that. Understanding sex God's way. Teaching your children about sex. Protecting the marriage bed. Being able to understand that we are spiritual and physical people. That those dynamics of who we are in our human sexuality, with God's help and His power, we will have an understanding of His perspective after this series. But here's the problem. Say, here's the problem. We have, the church has kicked the bed out of the church, and the church has has been able to to kick the bed out of the church and vice versa. That's what's happened. You say, what do you mean by that, pastor? Well, here's the problem it is when it comes to the church's teaching. When I was, there's two things I was taught when I was called into ministry to preach the gospel. My mentors told me two important things. Says, number one, you preach the full counsel of the Word of God. The full counsel means the entire book. You preach it as the Holy Spirit leads you to. Number two, you rightly divide the Word of God. And if you stick to the Word of God, you will never go wrong. Does that make sense? Say yes. It's the Word of Almighty God. So we're going to go into the subjects and we're going to teach the things. And so many times the church has has not went and did that because the the church is kicked the bed out of the church and the church out of the bed. So we're putting the bed back in the church. Some of you came in today and you've seen this bed on the stage and you got a little nervous you got looking up there and something maybe you're new here and you're thinking honey they've got a bed on on stage and sweetheart listen you go to the bathroom first and then i'll go to the bathroom after you and we will vacate the premises when we're done with this series you're going to see that it's a beautiful thing that god created it's the culture that's messed it up and for some of you when you think about a bed it's intimacy it's a place for married people to have sexual intercourse some of you though you came in here today and you see this bed as a place of pain and regret 
because of things that you've done. You slept with this one or you slept with that one out of the marriage covenant. Or you stepped out on your marriage. Some of you see the pain of someone who stepped out on you in your marriage. Some of you here, you see this bed and it makes you think about arguments, conflict. You go to bed at night and you turn your back to your husband or you turn your back to your wife. It's not even the, the sexual intimacy you have. You have no intimacy because you don't seem to live life like you once did. You're just roommates. Some of you may be here and you see this as a regret because maybe you're single or you're single again and you wonder, is anybody ever going to occupy the space on the other side of the bed with you? So, with that being said, I want you to think about this. We need a godly view of what sex is. You say, what do you mean, Pastor? Let me ask this question. How many of you were ever taught about sex in church? Raise your hand. How many of you have never been taught about sex in church? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Like last service, 100%, pretty well. Maybe, maybe one or two. The church has taught us not to. You say, what do you mean? Deny your feelings. Take a cold shower. <laughs> Think about this. When people say the word sex, oh, that's a dirty word. Even people that are Christians, I see them do that, and I'm thinking, wow. Listen, I want you to look at the person next to you. Look at them right now and say, thank God for sex or you would not be here. Right? You would not be here, Okay. So, culture, get this though, has taught us how to. You say, what do you mean, pastor? There's a sexed up society out there that's given a wrong perspective of what God created, see? Listen, it's very sad here in the last two weeks, there's this one particular commercial that keeps coming on. You know what the commercial is? It's the commercial about drugs to help people who have sex diseases, you understand what I'm saying? It's about heterosexual sex, same sex, sex with multiple people. If you'll take this drug, you're going to be just fine. What a sick, depraved culture that we're living in. If you believe that, say yes. So I want to help you to get a spiritually healthy mindset of our sexuality. The godly way is about when to, why to, and who to. See, we don't think of God's way when it comes to about sex. There's a, there's a couple of different mindsets that's out there that we have. Many of you may have grown up in a home to where that it was taboo to talk about sex. You just, you just didn't do it. You didn't, you didn't bring up the subject when it comes to sex. So what would you do? You would suppress it. That's what you would do. Some of you grew up in a family where that you did talk openly about sexuality. You talked about it lovingly, openly, but some of you are on the up other side of the spectrum, you know, where that you, some people just totally express it. Whoever, whenever, wherever, have sex with this and have sex with that and have sex with two or three, have same sex and all sorts of thing, which is abomination unto the Lord. You know what abomination the word means? It's a stench in God's nostrils. It makes God 
sick. When it's not done his way. So understand what I'm going to tell you. Sex is a God-given gift. It's so often used in a God-forbidden way. And it's very sad. We're to use this gift in God's way, in the marriage covenant, with one man, one woman, one lifetime. God is the originator of sex. It was his idea. He thought it up while he was in heaven. It's his. So we got to connect God and sex together because he created humanity. It was his, his very big idea. And my prayer is when this series is over, you'll always connect God with it to have that healthy perspective and purity in your heart and in your life. Because here's the truth. Sex is something you are before it's something that you do. Let me say that again. Sex is something you are before it's something that you do. You know, it's so funny. You know, they come up with all these types of parties that we have. I mean, you, when you're going to have a baby now, it wasn't like it when I had my three daughters. Now they want to have a gender reveal. And I'm thinking gender, they've even screwed up the word gender. Gender's who you want to be. What's your pronoun? Ooh, what's your pronoun? What do you want to be called? Yeah, I don't know. What do you want to be called? I don't know. There's so much gender confusion. And I thought, why do they call it a gender party? Call it a sex party, right? But then I thought, that would not be a good idea. Because <laughs> everybody would show up <laughs> in the culture. It's a male sex, female sex. If I'm wrong, stand up and say, you're wrong, pastor. It's a male sex, right? Or female sex, right? Not the pronoun you want to be called because in college they're telling my kids, uh, what's your pronoun? But we better stick to gender reveal, okay? That's, that's all I'm saying about that. Very sad. Very sad, very sad. All of us are sexual no matter who you are. And the problem is many people have the culture's view of sex. That's why I say, well, it's just sex. It's just sex. It's just sex. God is a big God, and we have a redemptive story. The beginning, in the beginning, sex was a beautiful thing, and then sin came in, and Satan is winning battles, dirtying it up of that which God thought up. It's like this. How many of you here have, have animals? Raise your hand. You have an animal. Yes. Uh, before my collie passed away, uh, my collie, I had to put a collar on him and have his boundaries. You follow me? And, and, and please forgive me before I tell you this story if you think I'm mean to my dog, but a dog is an animal. I know some of you, they're human to you and they sleep with you. I get all that, but he's an animal. And when he died, I only had two words, dog gone. But anyway, um, <laughs> not that I didn't love him. He don't have a soul. I'm not spending eternity with him, but people differ for dogs in heaven. Anyway, that's another story. Anyway, here's the point. I loved Rhett. Rhett was a great dog. I had to put the collar on Rhett because Rhett would always get outside of his boundaries. And, you know, it was very sad. So I turned it on four, right? This, this collar on four. He kept breaking the boundary. And I thought, I got to max this dude out, man. So I maxed the collar out. And the problem was when he maxed out and he hit it and broke through it, it was shocking him so bad. He tried to jump in her neighbor's swimming pool, which would have really been an electrical shock. But anyway, the point being... When it comes to our sexuality, I mean, there's some people, they need a, they need a collar on because they act like dogs, okay? 
But get this, God has boundaries for his creation of sex. Just like I was trying to get a, because I was the different female dogs around and the way they were acting, he's a dog, it's his instinct. But here's what God says to his people and what Paul said to the church at Ephesus in chapter 5 and verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Among whose people? God's people. Okay? Now here's what I want you to know. Maybe you're here and you've made mistakes. I'm not here to beat you up about your past. Today's a new day. Today is a salvation, is a day of salvation, Paul tells us. I'm not here to bring up regrets that you have or pain that ensues your heart and your life. I'm not here to get you to rehash a sexual abuse situation that you've never told anyone. No one knows but you and the person that hurt you. What I am here to tell you is the truth and the purity of God in his way of originating that which we're talking about today. I'm here to be able to help you to understand that what are you going to do when your child asks you, Mom, Dad, did you have sex outside of marriage? What do you do with that? How do you talk to your kids about this topic in a healthy way? And I'm going to be sharing more about that in a few weeks and even giving you some additional resources that will help you in this topic. How about you, those of you that are single or single again? How do you deal with this sexuality when culture is telling you anybody, anywhere, anytime? You know, how about those who are married here? How is your sex life? How is your intimacy with each other? That God wants you to have that intimacy with each other and love each other as part of your life and your marriage and your covenant. We're going to talk about these things openly. We're going to talk about them honestly. We're going to talk about them lovingly. And we're going to talk about them candidly. You know why? Because the second best place in the universe to talk about sex is in the church. You know where the first place is? Your homes. Your homes. So, every time that at the few several times that I've done this in 25 years of ministry and we've had billboards about sex and we've had mailers and all this stuff I always get emails or I get these people they bless me so much they'll sign a little note to me and somehow they just forget to put their name on it and they tell me how bad I am about sharing such a topic in church especially if there's kids in the audience and we always give we always give you a warning that we're going to talk about this but let me tell you this <laughs> If you've waited later than the sixth grade to talk to your kids about sex, let them tell you. They're going to tell you the, their view of sex, and it's going to be culture's view of sex. So today, let's jump in, and let's go to the first book in the Bible, and let's get the beginning here. We know in the very beginning that the Lord began to, um, being able to, the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the earth and began to make uh, that what we see matter matters. And, and as he goes up through the creation process, we come up to verse 24 in Genesis 1. And it says, then God said. Now, when it says, then God said, I want to I challenge you on something. If you'll read the first two chapters of Genesis this week and you'll underline, then God said, you're going to see it in there multiple, multiple, multiple times. Because when God said something, you need to be attuned to it and lend your ears to it that God said it. Then God said. Say that with me. Then God said. Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Tell the person next to you, it was good. So what is he doing here? God's creating animals. Now tell your neighbor, you're not an animal. Tell him. You're not an animal. You, that's not you, okay? Some of you might act like animals, okay? And we'll address that later. But you're not animals. But here's something I want you to notice. There is a rhythmic shift 
between Genesis 1, verse 24 and 25, to verse 26. Check it out. Then God said, everybody say that. Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Okay, God's goal for us is to be like him, not be like animals. And unique masculine soul and a unique feminine soul. Then he goes on to say, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. God said once again, let us do this. Who's us? That's one in three, three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, co-eternal, co-existent. That's God. We're not animals, we're fully human. What does it mean to be, though, fully human? What does that look like and what does that mean? We're made in the image of God. We have a physical body. We also have spiritual bodies. Jesus Christ, he came to the earth, he died, he resurrected. And when you and I die, we're going to get a new resurrected body in Christ. We are fully physical and we are fully spiritual. We are made in the likeness and image of God. There's a masculinity aspect of men. There's a femininity aspect for women thus when you when a man and a woman a husband and a wife have sexual intercourse on the marriage bed this means that you are reflecting the nature and the character of God one pastor said it's like worship that's worship some of you saying I really like to worship can can I can I worship like that it's like worship it's reflecting the nature and character of God that's what it's doing Think about that. We worship 24-7. Do you think when you go to the marriage bed and it's in the marriage covenant that it could not be worship? I think it could be because it's God. God ordained that. Problem is that God-given gifts is being used in a God-forbidden way. So when you believe cultures sex view, then you miss out on God's best for your life. God wants the very best for your life, but that means sex his way. Godly sex is with a great, for, from a great big God that loves me and you, that made you in his image. He wants it to be carried out in a godly marriage bed. That's what he wants. The problem is, is that we don't carry it out in a, in a godly marriage bed. We get to the wrong bed. We go to the doggy bed. We want to lie down with animals. We want to sleep with animals. We want to get down here and we want to eat with animals. What we do? Bunch of animals, like dogs. It's pathetic that you go and you get in the doggy bed and you take outside of what God created you to have, and you don't, and you get away from the godly marriage bed, and you get in the doggy bed. Some of you are in doggy beds right now, and you're being convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit because you're doing it against God. If you want the blessings of God, you've got to have it God's way. Or are you going to live in a cursed way when you're doing it this way? We're not dogs. It's time we quit acting like it. You see, the desire that I have for God in my relationship with him and the connectedness I have for him is often reflected in the desire I have for my wife. And we carry that out within the marriage bed. And I've been married for 32 years. Glory to God. Look at verse 31. Then God looked over all he had made 
and he saw that it was very good. Say the, tell the person next to you, very good. We're not animals. Now we jump to Genesis 2, verse 18, and then 22 through 25. It says, then the Lord God said, there's a God said again right here, see? He said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Here's the thing that always, I've always wondered. The Bible doesn't say how Adam reacted when he first saw Eve. Now, when you dig for the original writing in Hebrew for man, it's the word ish. The Hebrew writing for the word woman is ah. So when you see a Hebrew man or woman, ish ah. But I could just imagine whenever God brought Adam out of the spiritual time that he had of putting him to sleep and the spiritual anesthesia wears off and all of a sudden he had counted all the animals he didn't see anybody like him as all animals but then Adam all of a sudden gets to see the woman that God created for him I can imagine he looked at her and went ah could you imagine that that's the last corny preacher joke I'll tell you but anyway He says, at last, the man exclaimed, the one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from the man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. It's interesting to me. That God thought sex up. Sex begins in heaven. That God gave us sex, listen to this, before sin ever entered the human equation. So sex is not a dirty word. Sex is not bad. But it must be used in a God-given, God-ordained way. We're not animals. We're not dogs. So, quote, don't act like it. Don't take sex out of context. When we take this God-given gift and use it in a God-forbidden way, what are we doing? We're going against the very grain of God's creation. We're treating other people as if they are products. We're treating other people as if they are some kind of object. And you know the most sickening thing that people do is when they get to work or they're young or even now, doesn't matter the age. This is across the board when they get around other people and they brag about who they had sex with outside of the godly marriage bed. And they brag about this one or that one or sleeping with this one or that one. What a pathetic, sinful culture view. That our society has fallen to. You're telling me that you're a dog when you do that kind of stuff? You're not an animal. We're made in the image of Almighty God. We are fully physical. We are fully spiritual. 
And yes, if we lust or we surf the internet or you scroll your phones and you look at TV for skin, then you become a skin scoundrel. When you see an image of someone that you don't even know that person and who they are, you have no relationship with that person. You have no connectivity with that person. And we strip them of their humanity and we use them for our own selfish sexual fantasies. It's sick. It's ungodly. And you'll live under that curse until you make it right with God. Our goal, as we wrap up today, for you to understand that you are fully human, that you are made in the likeness and image of God. God is the originator of sex, and he wants it to be laid out in his way, in his will, from his word, in the covenant of marriage. I love this verse, very familiar, John's Gospel, chapter 10, and verse 10, very familiar verse. It says that the thief's purpose is to kill and steal and destroy. That's what he wants to do. He, he hates me. He hates you. Because he can't be like you. He can't be like me. We have the opportunity as a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And you know how he likes to get at God the Father? He wants to get at you. To get it, God the Father. And that's sad. But he goes on to say, and Jesus says, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, I don't know if you've ever looked at the original language of the last word in the verse, life. But it is pronounced zoe. And it means physical. And it means spiritual. It means integration is what it means so you integrate in your relationship fully physical fully spiritual with God to have a rich and satisfying life but when it comes to sexuality it's also also a life of integration it's a life of oneness when it comes to sex yes sex is for procreation and it's also for pleasure but it is reflective of the nature and the character of God and my prayer is that every single one of us will begin to have a true godly view of sex that God created and not abuse his gift he's given humanity in a God-forbidden way. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, as we come in your presence today, we do thank you for creating sex in heaven. We wouldn't be here. We have the opportunity to live out our life fully physical and fully spiritual. To be connected to you, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ. God, I want to say I'm sorry, God, of any bad view I ever had of what you created. I pray that, God, for every person here that will all say we're sorry, God. Please forgive us, God, for any unhealthy view that we have of sexuality. God, it is something that we are before it's something that we do. And you created it through to have it to be fully experienced in a godly marriage bed. So I pray, God, Lord, for those here under the sound of my voice, God, Lord, that we will have a healthy spiritual view of this, not only starting today, but from now on.
Help us, dear God, as a church to always stand strong on your word, to preach your word strong, and to abide by your word and to be obedient to your word. As Samuel told Saul, it's not about the sacrifice, it's about the obedience. May we be obedient, Heavenly Father. And God, most of all, may we be who you want us to be, especially when we're by ourselves and no one else is looking but you. How many of you here would be vulnerable enough Just say, I've, I've messed up in the arena of sexual sin. How many of you here will admit that you have regrets or you have pain? Or maybe you have a sexual addiction. Or maybe you're here, as I mentioned earlier. There's a sexual abuse in your life and you've never told anybody. Only you and the perpetrator and God knows. And you still with, deal with it day after day after day. The great news is, whether it's a pain of regret and something that was done to you, God knows and God wants to help restore you. The great news is, even when we sin, even in the area or the arena of sex, God will forgive you. God will heal you. And God will change you. And ultimately, God will cleanse you. So how many of you here would just, no one looking around, just slip your hand up real quickly and back down. Be bold before God and say, God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. No one's coming to you. Just pray for me and I'll pray with you and for you. God bless you. Anyone else? Say, I've slipped up in this area or I've had pain. I've had abuse in this area. Pray for me, Pastor. Just slip your hand up. We want to pray for you. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless your heart. Anyone else? This is a beautiful time. God wants to make you like him. Not like this crazy culture that the enemy's trying to win in this war. Let's pray together. Christians, you pray. Those of you that are praying to be freed in any area of pain or abuse or addiction. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we come to you. And we thank you, God, for the avenue of prayer. We thank you, most of all, Lord, that you love us despite of our sinful selves. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray in your name, God, right now, for every person that lifted their hand or that person that just couldn't do it, they just could not lift their hand, I pray, God, for them, that your hand of healing would be upon them. For those who have an addiction or they have regrets or pain, God, and are asking forgiveness of sin, I pray, God, as you forgive them, God, you'll give them strength to raise a standard up against the enemy because we are more than conquerors through you. God, to stand to put a standard up against Satan, to build that hedge of power through the Spirit. God, not to fall to any kind of sexual perversion. God, for that person here that's hurting, God, from abuse, I pray, God, you'd pour your heart of love upon them, God, your Spirit's presence. 
God, your healing power, God. You are Jehovah Rapha, God, the God who heals. God, heal them, God. Give them your peace, your love, your purity in their soul. Forgive, heal, change, cleanse, Father. Here's one way you will not win this war if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because you cannot defeat Satan, your enemy, by yourself. But whenever you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart, you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of the Holy Spirit comes into your life and then you and God are the majority then. Even when you feel like you're the minority in a world, it's not on your side. So maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never given your heart to him and your heart is beating right now. It is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit of God who wants to convict you of your sins and he wants to come in your life and he wants to lead you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead your life as it says there in Galatians 5.16. So if that's you today and you know today's your day of salvation, would you as Christians are praying, if you know that you lift your hand real high right now and say, I need to give my life to Jesus. I know it. My heart's beating out of my chest. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lift your hand real high. Shoot your hand up real quick. Just shoot your hand up right where you're at. Yes. Yes. Let's pray together and pray for those of you online. Doesn't matter where it's not the position of the body, it's the position of the heart. Father, right now, God, I pray and lift these people to you that need your son, Jesus Christ. As they pray and ask you to forgive them of their sins, I pray, Lord, that you'll reach deep into their heart and cleanse them, God. Maybe it's you praying right now, and you just say, I invite Jesus into your heart right where you're at. Tell him you're sorry for your sins. You believe he died for you and arose for you. And ask him to save your soul from sin. that and you meant that and you were convicted and your heart was heavy and now you feel lighter than ever, whiter than snow and you know your name's in his book give him glory in your life as he gives you the Holy Spirit to lead you from this day forward. Please let us know that if you've given your heart to Christ let us know that. We want to help you in your walk with Jesus. Also beyond Christ and giving your life to him is baptism. If you're here and you've given your life to Christ just now or even in the past, your next step is baptism. We're having a morning sunrise baptism on Easter morning, April 17th. All you got to do is put it on the back of the card in your back, back of your seat there. Say, I want to be baptized. We'll follow up with you. It will be the greatest day of your life when you can bring your friends, your family, and your loved ones. And we have a big jacuzzi for Jesus and you go public with your faith. That'll just be amazing. So sign up for that. Love to do that. You'll never forget it. Easter 2022 when you were baptized. Father, we love you today. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity, God, to be in your house today and rightly divide your word. I pray, God, we've made amends to things. We've been challenged, God. In these weeks to come, God, we'll invite people that may be hurting in this area of life or have pain and regrets or abuse or things that's going on, or maybe they just have an unhealthy view of what it is in our sexuality that you made, God. May they have a new perspective because of your Holy Spirit's leading. We love you and we praise you. And in Jesus' name, everybody says amen. Let's give our Savior Jesus Christ glory. All right. So before we go, uh, most 
one of the most important things we do, not only worshiping God and lifting holy hands unto Him and clapping hands unto Him, but also we give back to Him. So we're going into a time of giving, and as you prepare your hearts for that, there's multiple ways that you can do to be able to give. But first and foremost, if you're here and you're brand new here today, here, I would like to ask you to take and take a card out of the seat back and uh, fill that out, take it out to the info desk, and they're going to give you a gift to say thank you for coming today. That means the world to us that we can say on this day you came and were a part and we'll follow up with you and, uh, and be able to help you in your walk with Christ. Uh, but also, if you gave your life to Christ, please let us know that. Those of you online or those of you also here, fill out the cards that I gave my life to Christ. You're welcome to come see me and one of the pastors or come to the Connection Center if you have questions beyond that to ensure that you understand salvation. Uh, but also, we want to help you to be able to help you in your walk from this day forward. You just began the race. So that's very, very important. I want you to know also today uh, that don't forget to fill out for the newcomer's dessert, the card, drop that in the bucket so we have an account of those of you who are coming and those of you that are going to need child care, we'd be able to do that. But also we have our connection group starting. All you got to do is go out there in the hallway, pull out your smartphone, pull up the QR code. It'll be all the different groups we have, men's, women's, singles, all those things. It's going to be in there and couples groups. So be sure to sign up for groups today because when they are full, they are full. We're going to have a great time together in our groups this particular time. So we'd appreciate that very much. So with that being said, what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to pray over the offering. Then I'm going to tell you one thing and we will cut you loose. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we praise your name today. You're such a good God. Thank you for being so good to us and you bless us so much. And everything that we have when it comes to the tangible resources we have, our finances, God, it's because you bless us with it. May we bless you back with tithes and offerings off the top. It's not about the sacrifices, it's even about the obedience. But God, may we collectively take this together as a church to reach people to know you locally, globally, and everywhere in between. And we thank you for blessing us, God. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, don't miss next week, second part of this series. Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. I love you. God bless you.